Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars, creators, and industry leaders bringing Broadway and the theater back to life. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to Jocelyn Bio and Martina Mayok, two playwrights who both had new plays interrupted by the pandemic, and now, 18 months later, are seeing them pick up where they left off. Bio is the writer of the off-Broadway hit School Girls, or the African Mean Girls play, as well as Merry Wives, the Harlem set adaptation of The Merry Wives of Windsor that reopened Shakespeare in the Park this summer. Her latest, Nollywood Dreams, was in rehearsals and a week away from starting previews when the COVID-19 pandemic shut down theaters across the country. The pandemic also hit the pause button on Sanctuary City, the latest play by Mayoke, which had run only a handful of performances before it went dark. Mayok won the Pulitzer Prize for her play The Cost of Living, and she last spoke with me on Stagecraft just after Sanctuary City went dark in March 2020. Now, both Sanctuary City and Nollywood Dreams are resuming their long-delayed runs, and Mayok and Bio are both in the virtual studio with me to tell us about writing during the pandemic, mourning a production they thought might be lost for good, and now celebrating its rebirth. Hi, Jocelyn and Martina. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you are both at different stages in the journey of watching a play that you saw paused for a really long time, sort of get back up and uh, running again. Martina, you in particular, you your show, Sanctuary City, just as we're recording this, just opened um, the other night. I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about what opening night was like for you, finally, to experience after so long a delay. I think I was the fucking best. <laughs> yeah, we were on a boat. We were on a fucking boat, and it was the best. <laughs> we weren't sure if we were going to um what the what opening night in quotation marks was was gonna be we, we were like we're not maybe we're not gonna have a party we're gonna be trying to be as safe as possible um uh but we were able to basically just do another show everyone checked their had had their vax cards checked and was wearing masks and um uh and then we were able to celebrate everybody outdoors <laughs> on a yeah. boat it was awesome Frying pan, highly recommend. I know, I was there, so. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> was it a good party, Jocelyn? <laughs> it was, it was. It felt, it felt great. It felt great for many reasons. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was strange that people were like, how has it could open? And I, I, I still feel like we sort of haven't opened. I don't know, because I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop, I guess. Mm. Like, uh, it felt great, but also just different for, I haven't, I still haven't quite figured out what that difference is, but it did feel different. Yeah. And this is the, from what I can tell, it seems like basically the same production that was running for, you know, however many previews yeah. before it shut down. It's the same cast. Yeah. And same director, obviously yeah. in the same set. Is it actually the same physical it was literally the same set that mm. it, that was 18 months ago in the Lortel. It didn't, you know, all the dust has remained and everything. As we walked in into a little time capsule of March, March 2020. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think there was a note in the program that said even the programs, the playbills are <laughs> the same. Like they sat in box for 18 I months. I love that. Is I was that, like, yeah. keep it green. Keep it green. Like, <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. <laughs> 
And so, and Jocelyn, where are you in your show, Nollywood Dreams? We are going to start rehearsal in a few days, um, at the top of next mm-hmm. week. Um, so uh, we are in this, it, it's been a very odd <laughs> process. We will have the same cast coming back. We'll, we'll have everything, you know, coming back. But um, unfortunately, our set did have to get like um, re- redone because there were things that we were using in the set that were rented, like some motors and different things like that, that just because of how long the shutdown was had to be returned. So we are in the weird, unfortunate place of having to um, rebuild our set. Um, but everything else was, you know, the same, um, you know, according to everybody at the theater, it just, when they walked into the space, it just kind of looked like the rapture had happened. Like scripts were still <laughs> opened, you know, water bottles were still sitting there, pencils, like it's just, you know, just everyone had disappeared. And um, that's kind of what this year has been. <laughs> so it feels, it feels like a great analogy. Yeah. I, I wonder if we could rewind a little bit to um, talk a little bit about March 2020 and sort of what that was like for both of you. Martina, your show had been up for, I think it was like about a week, right, before in previews before the shutdown. And Jocelyn, if I'm not mistaken, yours was about to start previews, maybe the week after. Yeah, we shut, we shut down the day before uh, we were going into tech. Right. So everything was ready. And... Yeah, you were ready to go. Yeah. 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 And so what was that? That it's it's such a sort of big build to the big moment of culmination, and that to have that uh, sort of taken away. What tell me about what that was like for you? I mean, it was like it was pretty devastating at at, at first. Um, uh, when we got the when we got the call, um, I went like right into the bargaining phase of grief, and I was like, "What if we just call Jesse Green right now?" And like have him just come real quick and see the show. We called some of the critics because it felt like we'd been we'd been up for a few days. Um, we were still about ten days away from opening, and it felt like if we didn't have some some like written proof that that this play had existed, this production had existed, it would have been like it never happened. Uh, and so I was so afraid of um, just losing all of the work of everybody. And I was also. Um, I think the most devastating thing was I had had such a lovely group of people that were working on this play and I was just sad that I wasn't going to see them the next day. It was like, I can't, I'm going to get to work the next day. I can't, I had had such a wonderful time. And so it, it kind of broke my heart um, to not get to be with, to not get to, to be with everyone and to have the ritual of, of celebrating an opening and then a, and then a closing. Um, and, you know, and then more of the, more of the world continued to crumble. And, and, and uh, as, you know, as the pandemic went on, um, you know, we, I think we all probably adjusted over 18 months um, had different feelings about it, but initially it was, it was pretty devastating. And I went to, I basically went to sleep for like two weeks and, you know, just doom scrolled the news. So like not, not healthy, not good. <laughs> a lot of things were going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I agree with that. I think um, devastation is exactly right. Um, that's exactly what I felt. Um, I think because uh, it probably felt even compounded by the fact that like Nollywood Dreams is a play that I wrote even before, you know, the play that kind of like put me on. I would say was which was Schoolgirls. I wrote Nollywood Dreams years before that, so it, it was the play that I had been dying to get produced for. At at that point now, eight years. Now now it'll be nine. Um, so I I just couldn't understand why I just, it was like roadblock after roadblock. And then right before I was about to get 
you know, to the finish line, a freaking global pandemic showed up. It was the devastation and the confusion were mixed in one because mm. I just couldn't understand why all of that was happening at the same time. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I probably slept for two weeks too. Shoot, I don't know. You know, I had a birthday in that time. Like, oh my gosh. Two weeks. So it was like, okay, we just had a Zoom birthday. It was like, it was just an odd, odd time. Um, but yeah, a lot of sadness for sure. There was, there was this, um, we're going to be back soon. We're going to be back soon idea that was, that, that kept being, um, uh, we just kept talking about the fact that like, maybe we'd be back in a month, maybe we'd be back in two months. And so right. there was this like, weird roller coaster of like hope and then disappointment, like the, like over and over. And, and, uh, after a while I would told, I was like, let's just, pret- maybe this play will come back maybe, but like, let's, let's say like 2025. And if it happens earlier, I'd be pleasantly surprised, but I just can't deal with the up and down like emotions, but it, it was just like, no one knew what to do as well. So we were like, I don't know. It did not think it was going to be 18 months. Did you know all along or were you confident all along that it would be back? And if so, when? Like, was there ever a point when you thought, I have to let this go for now? And uh, it sounds like, Martina, you sort of got to that point. You sort of uh, said, uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume it's going to happen at some point, but I can't, I can't well, you I know, know, place any weight on the timeline. I mean, I was like, there's, there was hope, but I don't know that there's, there's any guarantee. There's a part where I was like, will theater die? Like, I don't, you know, we'll be just be done with it. So there wasn't, I didn't feel like a, a guarantee until maybe, it, maybe, maybe that was what the opening night kind of confusion was, where I was like, um, is this actually happening? Because I have been planning for theater to never happen again. Like, I don't know. But um, yeah, I think it was, everything was kind of tentative. Everything was tentative. Life was tentative. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, look, I'm a New Yorker, so I'm just like pessimism is in my, you know, blood, you know, like, so I, I think I had fully just resigned that like the show was actually never coming back. I just thought it was never going to come back and, um, you know, hoped, hoped that I would be proven wrong. But um, I went through actually the grieving process of like the show's just not going to happen. Um, so when things kind of started to shift, you know, I, I, I was, you know, I was, I was tempering my my optimism <laughs> at that point because I really didn't know. I, I understand and because I also had the experience of doing a play for an outdoor theater um, and knew all of the you know challenges that that came with. Um, I was confused about how we could do this, you know, um, for real indoors, um, but. I'm I'm glad that we've all, you know, been trained in some version of COVID compliance and know how to move forward. So, yeah, it's still an odd experience to be sitting in an audience with a bunch of people and we're all wearing masks and we're just like, you know, you can even hear how it muffles laughter, you know, it's just like even in that way. But, um, yeah, the spirit of theater lives on, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Did you keep in touch with the cast and creative team throughout all this? I know Jocelyn, you actually worked with the director of the show that uh, with of of Nollywood Dreams on on Merry Wives. Yeah. Um, but did what? How how much did did either of you keep in touch with you know the actors you were working with or other folks on the team? We we did like um, uh, a fake opening on Zoom 
so the day that would have been our opening, which I think was March 23rd, we like got together on Zoom and I think I, like I, I wore my like opening dress on a tiara. I was like, I had a coupe glass. So I was like, I'm gonna fuck, I'm still celebrating. Um, so so yeah, we kept in touch and, I, and I've been working with the with with Rebecca um, on another project uh, where actually we got to like practice our COVID compliance there. I was doing a workshop with her in London, um, the Gatsby musical, and it was oh. like testing three times a week. And, and uh, so when we came, I did that a month before starting rehearsals for Sanctuary City. And so when mm-hmm. I came in, I was like, oh, I know this three times a week, like spit in a vial, like <laughs> get your nose poked to like keep your mask on. So I got to like have the strange, like, what is it to, what is it to rehearse and play with masks on? A little bit before yeah. yeah yeah similarly i had we we threw a zoom party for what would have been our opening night too um that i dj'd it was a good time um <laughs> it was a good time but um for the most part we all just kind of kept in touch via you know email there was just some people who like it, it was a it was a, a tough time for them so they kind of went underground for a little bit um and have only just recently in the last few months have started to you know, reemerge from, you know, what I'm sure was pretty devastating for them in, in their own way. You know, at least for us as writers, I think we have the privilege that we can still be able to keep working in, in some way, in, in some capacity, keep creating, because that's, you know, what we do. But um, I think as, as an art, if you're an artist who's um, just an actor and is just excited about diving into new work that, you know, us writers create, it really puts you in a really difficult place um, when something like this happens because you you kind of feel like rendered useless. And um, I understood how difficult that could be for some people. So we tried to keep in touch and, and keep spirits high, um, but yeah, it was tough. Yeah. And that actually leads me into my next question, which is what kind of writing were you able to do during the pandemic? Martina, you mentioned the project that you were working on with the director of Sanctuary City, Rebecca Frackenhall. What what sort of things? So I imagine you were working on that. And were there other things also? Tell us about what kept you busy. Uh, adaptations, actually. I found it really difficult to to create something in during the time that is of the mm-hmm. time. Um, and so I for whatever reason, like I really, I appreciated having like a, a co-pilot, a co-writer, even if it was like the ghost of F. Scott Fitzgerald as my like, you know, to, to be to respond to something that I, that um, was of a different time. Most of the things I was adapting were from, you know, obviously had been written before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, um, so I was able to take whatever I was feeling and kind of put them into those things without, without the pressure, I guess, of, having to make a statement about the now. I don't know, I don't know, I still don't know exactly um, um, what, but like for like The Great Gatsby, for example, like that was that was a story that was, that is that is set four years after the end of a world war and the end of a pandemic as well, where, you know, there's a, there's this sort of, there's a, there's a cultural feeling of, um, um, survivor's guilt and sort of like, well, fuck it, we just drink ourselves and, you know, like um, we, uh, we could die anytime, so we might as well enjoy our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, that the parallel of, I, I, like, there was there was some kind of solace I found in the parallel of that. Um, but I haven't, like, been a, been a brave person and have written something that is that is of the time yet. I think I, think I still need to kind of process what How I'm starting f- with this thing. Yeah. How far along is Gatsby? Is there is there a timeline for a production yet? I know you said you were working on the workshop. I have to find out if we can like 
say, oh. but I have a draft and there's, and there's, um, I think there's about 20 ish songs already written. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'll find out if I can like say that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I got permission from the producers or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, and Jocelyn, you also did an adaptation. You worked on Merry Wives this summer. Was that, did you find something similar to Martina in terms of what working on an adaptation allowed you to do? Yeah, well, it was my first time working on any sort of adaptation at all. Um, and um, I did not have any relationship or knew of Mary Wives of Windsor in any real way. Like, I knew it was a play that, you know, Shakespeare wrote, but I don't think I ever read it. Um, and once I read it, I kind of understood why it's not done very often. <laughs> you know, it's not an easy play. It's like so, it's, it's, it's so. Um, um, classist and nationalist and um, sexist, you know, just all the it's, it's, it's all of it. Um, but, you know, Sahim, um, my director and, and really collaborator on a lot of things, had a really great idea for how to kind of remix it and place it in, in modern day. But we did actively decide to just not engage with any of, um, you know, the COVID of it all. Um, other than one particular section towards the end of the play where I um, rewrote a monologue to kind of reflect all the people who had passed on and that we had lost in that time because it felt appropriate to the moment um, and just appropriate to what we had been experiencing, you know, in the last year too. We also went, you know, this was going to be an all, you know, Black cast kind of really reflecting the diaspora in a really unique and specific way. Um, to not have any acknowledgement of also the racial reckoning that we've gone through in the last, you know, year and a half felt silly too. So we wanted to be able to infuse that, but not feel like it was, you know, banging people on the head. Um, so it was literally, you know, nice way to um, jump back into, you know, theater. Um, I also had the um, good fortune of being able to work on a film script. I'm doing an adaptation of Once on this Island um, for Disney+. Plus. So um, I also got to escape in my own way to a beautiful tropical island in the Caribbean. And um, that was nice since I couldn't go there in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have more with Jocelyn and Martina right after the break. And now... Here's more with the playwrights Jocelyn Bio and Martina Mayok. I know you've both done work for uh, screen projects, and I just wonder if that has has the work that you've done for those projects for different media impacted the way you think about uh, what you do on stage and how you do it. Hmm. I I don't know. I think I feel a lot. Um, I still feel the same. Um, wonderful freedom when I'm creating theater that I don't always feel like I have for film and TV. And I mean, that's just by virtue of like structure, you know, the medium, it's like built for like, you know, producers hands to kind of be very involved. Um, lots of notes, you know, um, lots of ideas being thrown at you. Whereas I do think that like, you know, there's a, a, a real love and respect for the playwright's voice and intention um, in theater. So I, I still feel that wonderful freedom and, you know, I, I hang on to that um, when, I can, when I can get to it. But, 
you know, film and TV pays the bills, you know, um, like that's just, you know, what it is. And, and every now and then you might look up on a project or something that is moving the needle forward, you know, culturally. Um, but, you know, those are, those are few and far between. So um, I just get what I can out of both mediums and, you know, try not to go crazy in the process. Yeah, I heard same on the like, the freedom and and like um I just know the theater world I feel more comfortable in it so like there's it's just the just the amount of years that I've been in in the theater versus what I doing television or film that like yeah I'm just more comfortable in it and so I can feel like I can take take risks and 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 know that it's like going to be the words that I write are going to be the words that are spoken <laughs> which is really nice um but like the TV I hadn't I. Like, I, you know, I watched TV as a kid, like I was a latchkey kid, like watching, you know, like Full House and Family Matters. But like, I have not like it's been a I, I've missed a lot of the, the golden age of television. So during the pandemic, I was like, oh, man, TV's pretty fucking good. Like, I got to, oh my God, it's pretty good, good shit. And so I got to watch more of it. And I was like, oh, it's pretty good. Um, uh, it also sort of was able to read, um, re- read film scripts and read and read pilot scripts. And, and um, I. I just I loved the school of being feeling I was able to be in school and learning about how um, what you're able to do um, the, the the actual possibilities that you that you have in in you know TV and film that you some, that are harder sometimes to pull off in the or maybe not maybe not harder maybe it's not impossible but um, uh, but there yeah I found more I found some opportunities that I may not have realized in terms of the, like how to tell certain stories uh, and so. Yeah, I did, a, I did. I did a film as well, and a pilot, and 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 a series that were kind of on my that were that were my own sort of projects. Um, yeah. And what was it like when you to return creatively to this to these projects, these stage projects, Sanctuary City and Nollywood Dreams, that you had sort of put away for a while and put in a drawer? What 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 did it feel for you to you know take it out of the drawer again and think about? Uh, think about the fact that it is now actually going to happen. I hadn't taken it out of the drawer until like I showed up. Oh, <laughs> like, my script printed out. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if it was just because I would have been too sad. I just didn't, I didn't fuck with it. I just waited to see what, it, um, maybe I was guarding my heart as well of like, maybe this isn't going to happen and I just can't do the roller coaster of hope and disappointment again. Um, and uh, we did like a few weeks before we started rehearsal, we did a Zoom, a Zoom reading of the play just to kind of bring us back into the world. And um, I had worried that, will I have fallen out of love with this play? Will it, not, will it no longer have an impact on me? And will I feel like it's like just done? And I was pleasantly surprised to learn that it, that it hadn't. And then I very, the love was still there. And I really wanted to, I remembered what we had made and I, then just desperately wanted to get back into the room and and be able to to, to bring to bring it to more people. So yeah, it was like a, and and we had our you know we had our first rehearsal and the actors came in off book and off block and book and I was just like moved so just so moved because of the the, the care and the work that they had put into it in in t- you know in times when we were not together. Uh, so just yeah, love 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 abounded. I was really mm-hmm. I was really happy to be back. Did you do any rethinking, rewriting? Do you did, did, had has the play changed at all between what it, what we saw in March twenty twenty and what we what we're seeing now? 
and also just tightened the second the second part of it, which um, uh, we had worked so much on the first part because it's so technically much more dif- difficult to sort of pull off yeah. um, that I think probably we didn't really able to have as much time to work on the second part. So it's just like trims and cuts and trying to make it um, as tight of a storytelling as it could be. Yeah. And Jocelyn, did you have you done any work on Nollywood Dreams? Are you or is this the the script that you wrote eight years ago and uh, and nine years ago? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm um, a notorious rewriter, and I kind of you know um, take apart and and put back together again over and over and over again. And I've done that a lot with this play over the last um, now nine years. Um, but I am, I think I'm in the same space Martina just mentioned of like, I'm actually afraid to reread it, re- at least reread the last draft that I had, because I had done significant rewrites um, last March. Um, and I'm a little afraid to like, know if this play even means anything anymore now, you know? Um, I mean, I, I guess like my stance is always that I want to, um, you know, in, in, in fact, joy and um, laughter, um, but also have people learn something about the like black immigrant experience, particularly the African experience um, at the same time. So it's like, you know, um, levity with uh, a purpose. Um, but I, I do wonder like, you know, if this play will still mean the same thing um, after what we've been through. So I'm actually a little afraid to reread it. I haven't yet. And I think I'm just going to wait until the first day of rehearsal and then, you know, either be pleasantly surprised or flip a table. We'll see what happens. (laughs) I'll circle back. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Martina, have you found that your show lands with you differently now or maybe with audiences differently? I know you only were just starting to experience the show with audiences in 2020, but uh, do you feel like does it play any different now after after what we've been through? We had so few we had so few previews and they were so they were so early. So it seemed mm. like I mean people were still kind of responding in the same places. Um, I uh, now it feels like I, the thing that I'm watching in the play is how people are caring for one another, particularly in a in a time and a place where um, and circumstances where like the place in the country that they're in does not necessarily want them to thrive. And so I, so that was always, I was always, I guess, aware that that might be in the play, but it has kind of come more to the, to the surface. Like when people, when the characters in the play are kind to each other, I think it breaks it. Like it doesn't break my heart, but I guess it just like, I, I, I feel it more deeply in, in, in my, in, in my heart and soul. Um, That's just me personally, but I, yeah, I, I don't know about, I don't know about audiences. What what is it like watching those actors as you as you pointed out lived with those parts for you know so long and you know they knew the show and knew all the blocking and everything and what is it how do you feel like their performances have shifted or deepened in in the time in that time oh they are great they <laughs> <laughs> the two young the two young actors like they they came back and I was like you're better actors like they are. You know, Austin's always been amazing. Like then, so have they. Yeah. But there was just they. It was it was a deeper performance. Like from day one, mm. I had like turned to the to to Caitlin, who's our remount director, and I was like, "Oh damn!" <laughs> it was just very very moving and impressive. And uh, how does to be in a room with them? Oh my god, it's the best thing. The best thing in my life. Mm. I I don't like writing. I don't like writing by myself in a room. I don't like being by myself in a room. Period. <laughs> and so the 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 
part about the pandemic that like re- remained was me being alone or in a room having to write and I missed desperately being with like these beautiful artists and so I, I felt like I was like oh this is a, re- a return to life for me to be able to be in the room specifically with those people as well because it was just such a wonderful group of people yeah yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll echo that having Good. seen the play um before the shutdown um last year um and then having uh, been able to have the good fortune to come back and see it on opening night um it did feel deeper it did feel richer um and i don't know if that was just because of the experience we you know had um over the last um year and a half and the or just because it, it it resonated and hit and like a really different and deeper way for the people who were, you know, living it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always been very, you know, I feel like, you know, Martina and I are these were kind of like playwriting sisters in terms of, <laughs> you know, the the groups of people and the stories that we're trying to uplift, um, you know, in our work. And so I was really, really moved by it, um, even more so the second time around because of, yeah, maybe just because of how how deep it had been sitting in them for so long. Yeah. And Jocelyn, you haven't been in the room with um, actors, with the actors yet who you've, who were working on Nollywood Dreams with, um, but you were working, you did work on Merry Wives and like was, were, have been back in the rehearsal process. What, what has it been like to, to get back to, you know, using those muscles? Um, odd, mostly odd, um, yeah. you know, because it was, it's, it's just a completely different kind of, um, way of working now, you know, there's so much about theater that's very like open, loving, you know, we all been to, you know, drama school where you just roll around on the floor and always touch each other and hug and, and all of that. And it was, we couldn't really do any of that. Um, when we walked into the, especially at that, it was a very precarious time, you know, when we started rehearsals, it was only in, in May. Um, where there was still people who were in the middle of their vaccination courses or people still deciding whether they were going to get vaccinated. So it was like, um, you know, to be masked an entire rehearsal was just odd, 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 um, because we ca- I actually couldn't even understand if the comedy was working because I couldn't even still see people's full faces. Like it was just even that kind of stuff was just odd. Um but at the same time, it was also, you know, kind of uplifting to be able to work on something really fun, um, you know, and joyous um, and that folks were able to, you know, return back to the th- a thing that they really all really loved um, doing. And then it's and then it also had its own challenges. But we like really were per- persevering through it all, through injuries, through, you know, a covid case, through inclement weather, through a hurricane, two hurricanes like. It was truly like a little engine that could. Um, and sometimes I was like, maybe the engine just needs to stop. Like, let's just stop it for a second. <laughs> let's just stop, you know? Um, so it was wild. It was wild. And we just closed the show on Monday. So I, I, I feel really steeled for whatever my theatrical experiences will be now moving forward. So um, I'm really grateful for that experience. It was really amazing. Yeah. And what's next for you both, Jocelyn? Obviously, you're about to head into uh, rehearsals. Um, What else is uh, going on that we should know about? Yeah. um, So right after we opened um, Mary Wives, uh, Sahim and I, um, and also my 
uh, other collaborator, Michael Thurber, went into a month-long workshop of our new musical, Goddess, which is going to happen at Berkeley Rep next year. Um, and it's a big, big, big project. Um, it's my third musical that I've written, but it's the first one that's ever, I don't know, made it off of a music stand. So um, it's a real, it's a very thrilling time. So to be able to build the show with choreography and everything, that was like um, pretty exciting. So it was a big weekend this past weekend because we did our presentations, we did our backers audition and close Merry Wives all in the same three days. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, apparently I, I still like to keep myself overwhelmed, even in the middle of a pandemic. Um, <laughs> so those are the two big projects um, yeah. coming up in the next few months. And, um, yeah, really excited about them. Yeah, great. And Martina, what about for you? Uh, also musicals, two, the two musicals, one one being one as the Gatsby one, going back and forth to, to London. Um, and another one, um, it's the memoir of the book of Girl Interrupted. Um, mm. And... Uh, Film rewrite, pilot rewrite, and you know what? Maybe I'm gonna see if I can make Sanctuary fit into a series. But maybe you, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I might give it a try. I think, uh, yeah, I think it might. Uh, maybe it's just I want to be with those actors for longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was that would that idea have occurred to you in 2020? Do you think? I, it happened during 2020. I think oh, it I did. After, after the, I mean, during, during the, the, the pandemic of it yeah. all, I think after we'd shut down, I'd been, you know, wa- wa- watching the thing that is this good, this good television. And I was like, oh, actually, maybe, uh, maybe there is space for this, for this story. And I can expand, mm-hmm. you know, ex- expand on um, other people's stories within that, um, that, that was, felt like an exciting opportunity. So maybe, who knows, you know, yeah. say right now this podcast and maybe I won't ever yeah. do it. Like, <laughs> It's like it's so exciting right now, to me right now to, to kind of try that and bring it to more people. Yeah. Well, before the TV show hits screens, uh, people can <laughs> see can see the play uh, at the Lucille Lortel and uh, Jocelyn's show, Nollywood Dreams, will be uh, starting previews next month. Um, so thank you both. Thanks so much for uh, being here with me and talking talking us through that. Thank you. Thank you That was Jocelyn Bio and Martina Mayoke. Mayoke's play Sanctuary City is now running at Off-Broadway's Lucille Lortel Theatre, and Bio's Nollywood Dreams starts previews October 21st at the MCC Theatre Space. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of Stagecraft, I'd really appreciate it if you took the time to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us grow our audience of folks who love theatre as much as you and I do or tell a friend about StageCraft. Find past episodes or subscribe on all the pod places, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is a great place to find more theater for your ears. I'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. Until then, find me on Twitter at GCoxVariety. Thanks for listening, and see you soon. wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 